Hey everyone, welcome back to the Real Honest Podcast. Heads up, today is going to be a hot mess because I have planned nothing. Um, I usually plan out my episodes ahead of time and I have not had time and I don't know what to talk about and I'm really anxious so I'm gonna just like talk and see what comes out it's probably not gonna make any sense (laughs) um but I know that I had somewhat of structure long ago so and the first thing was like what is God teaching me right now so I will start there I feel like God is teaching me about the importance of community and finding your people. So like there have been a lot of changes at Elevation recently and one of them has been like a regional focus. So I feel like when I first joined Elevation Church, like the online campus, this really didn't come from the staff. It was more from like the eFam, which is what we call like the extended family, like the online campus that isn't anywhere close to Charlotte. But the eFam sentiment was very much like get to Charlotte, get to Charlotte, get to Charlotte. And we were all just like wanting to visit the main campus in Ballantyne as often as possible and like take trips there to meet each other. And those of us that like started volunteering and like leading small groups and stuff, like it was always most of our dream to move to Charlotte and work at Elevation. And we were like, this is like what we're called to do. This is what we're supposed to do. And then within the past like year or so, there has been this big push for like local community and Elevation started the build your church program where like they do city centers will they will rent out a movie theater like somewhere in Illinois so that EFAM can come and worship together and be baptized and it's like bringing church to the people is as opposed to expecting the people to come to the church but also to give people that are a part of this church in the online campus, like something physical to go to and meet people in their area. And then hopefully you find out that someone that lives close enough to you to grab coffee with goes to the same church that you do. And I have really liked those changes. I think it's been good, but it also has been making me kind of anxious because I am like, I have had this plan to move to Charlotte and work at Elevation. And now every time I'm in a meeting with Elevation, they say something like, God has strategically placed you exactly where he needs you. And I'm like, that sounds alarmingly like I'm going to be in St. Louis forever. (laughs) So that's something that I kind of wrestle with. And like a girl recently left my small group because she is joining a local church. And she said that she had been wrestling with it ever since earlier this year, Torin Wells gave a sermon at Elevation about um, like coming back home. And his whole sermon was basically about, okay, like during the pandemic, everybody like started doing online church and that's great that we have the technology and we were able to do it but like now it's over and you don't need to sit on your couch to watch church anymore like actually come to church 
And I actually really did not enjoy that sermon at all. It bothered me a lot. And I was sad because I love Torin, but I was just feeling like I'm feeling kind of attacked right now when like, I can't go to church. Like I literally have to get on a plane to go to church. And for those of you that listened to the two episodes I did about finding a church home, I mean, like I I tried like hard. I feel like, like I really, really put a lot of time and energy into looking for a local church and I could not find one. Like it didn't work out for me. So that was one of those sermons where I was like, is this just not for me? Or is he telling me that like, I need to leave and go to a local church. And then just this past weekend, I was at the seminary that I'm starting and they had a conference. So I went to check it out. And one of the speakers gave a lecture on the local church and he talked about the pandemic and how, it's great that we have the technology to do church online and whatever, but we should have hated it. Like it should have been painful for us to do church online because the whole point of church is in person and community and you can't have community when you're hiding behind an avatar. And I really was struggling while this man was giving this lecture because I was like, I love my church and I love my church community and I feel really connected. And this man even mentioned during his lecture, he said that he had never been a part of a church where he did not make a friend and have like a close personal connection with another member of the congregation. And I was like, I have never had that experience at a local church. I have had that experience time and time again at Elevation with people that live in other states and other countries, and many of them I probably will never meet in person. Um, and so I it was re- like I was like sweating that whole lecture because I was so bothered by it. And then I was praying about it later because I was asking God, like, is that the point? Like, do you want me to leave Elevation and stop doing online church and like find something local? Um, And I feel like God answered me and he basically said, like, you're doing what I want you to do. Like, you are engaged with Elevation on a level that you're making those personal connections. Like one of the other e-groups coordinators, I talk to her every single day. Like, like I've just, there are like members of my e-group that I talk to every single day or every single week. And like, we've built actual friendships and we talk to each other about our lives and whatever's going on and not just talking about the sermon. And so like, I'm getting the community that I want and that I need with my online church. But if I think about the size of Elevation, which I'm not even going to guess, I have no idea how many attendees Elevation has, but I think that the number of volunteers is significantly lower than the average number of viewers or like weekend attendees. And it's kind of the same. I think if you go to any church anywhere, Um, I would guess, because I've visited so many churches, I think I can say this, Um, I would guess that at some point your pastor has given some sermon that had something to do with like, don't just sit and watch, but make sure that you get involved. Um, Because at all of the churches that I have joined and been a part of, I've always been involved and the churches get 
so much smaller once you get involved because it tends to be the same group of people kind of running everything. Like the people that are willing to jump in and volunteer, like they're the only ones willing to do it. So they're doing it on like all the teams. And it was always important to my parents that my family be involved in church. So like my sisters and I were very involved as kids, but it was all the same kids that were the ushers and singing in the choir. It was like, there were a group of us that like, it was very important to our parents that we be involved. So we were the ones like at everything and doing everything all the time. Um, and the same were like, even at my parents' church, I don't know, maybe had 250, 300 people. Like even if that, if a church that's already that small, but then maybe you have a group of 50 people that are like really making everything happen. Um, you know, that's still 200 people that are just like sitting and watching. And so like the, um, I've been to a lot of mega churches and one of the big things they always push is like, make sure that you get involved because that's how you're going to find community. Like that's how it's going to feel smaller. And I remember there was a local mega church that I went to and it really overwhelmed me. The fact that it had four campuses and I was like, how am I ever going to meet anyone? How am I ever going to know anyone? And as soon as I like, as soon as I got involved and started volunteering and taking classes, like I met people and then I started seeing them all the time. And it was partially because there were so few volunteers, but it was also partially kind of like, you know, every time you learn something, like every time you like when you buy a new car you start to see your car everywhere because you're now really familiar with that car it's that kind of thing where like once you start meeting the other volunteers like they stick out to you when you walk in because those are the people that you know but it is true that that does make the church feel so much smaller so Basically, God was telling me like these lectures and these sermons have not been to tell you that you're not doing what you're supposed to do or that you need to leave elevation. But if you think on the grander scale of the average person who watches elevation online that doesn't live anywhere near Charlotte, they're not volunteering and they're not joining a small group. It's like these are people all over the world that just like turn on their TV, watch a sermon and turn it off like they're not even engaging in the chat. And so those people probably are feeling really lonely and that's not giving them community. And maybe to the person that is just watching the sermon and then turning it off and they're not then joining a group to have a discussion about it or they don't have a volunteer team or a prayer team or anything like that, then that person may really benefit from going to an in-person church because if they go enough times, odds are at some point they're going to have a conversation with somebody. Like, even if it's just like, hi, how are you? You know, that's still more of a conversation than they had if they just sat and watched online. Um, so, and that is important for me to know as a leader in an online church, because as people join my group or join groups of the leaders that I care for, like this might be, that person who just joined the group, like their first point of connection. And we want them to have a good experience because we want them to feel supported. Um, so I kind of feel like that's the other thing that I'm learning right now is like the importance of finding your people and making people feel supported. Um, if you happen to be listening to this before 1030, the day that it was released, please say a prayer because I'm getting a bone marrow biopsy and I'm not excited about it. 
And my cousin just had one and he said it was so painful and I've Googled it and every, like everyone collectively agrees that it's so painful. And I am just like really nervous and really scared about it. And what is interesting to me is after like my doctor talked to me about like what was going on and like why I needed this procedure, the first person that I told was Cameron, (laughs) obviously. And the first thing he said was, do you need me to come and sit with you through any appointments? Like before he even asked, like, you know, give me the details of like, what is the procedure for? Like, what are they looking for? Like any of that, it was, do you need me to fly there and sit with you? And I, I can't even like express how much that means to me because that's literally all I want. And it's a 10 to 30 minute procedure. So obviously I'm not going to have him. It would take him longer to get here than he would be sitting with me. If it were a more serious thing where I was going to need like lots of follow-ups and whatever, I totally would have taken him up on that. Um, but it just, it, it's mind blowing to me that like that was one reaction. And then on the other hand, like telling members of my family, like all my parents and my sisters had to say was, well, that's unfortunate. And then sorry to hear that, like ask some follow-up questions about like, okay, so, you know, what's the procedure? What's the doctor looking for? Okay. Let us know how it goes. (laughs) You know, it's just so like, I don't even know the word, but it's, it's just like night and day experiences of like feeling supported Which, let me be clear, I'm fully aware that it is absurd that anyone would, like, fly in for, to, like, sit with me for an hour or two. Like, I get that that's ridiculous, and my parents live 20 minutes from me, so I totally understand that, like, my sisters are like, why would we drive three hours or fly, you know, that's expensive when, like, mom and dad are there. Um, and so, you know, obviously that's like why I wouldn't have Cameron do it. Cause I logically, it doesn't make sense, but it's, it's just that he would, if I wanted him to, and that I wouldn't have to ask if I wanted him to, because he offered like, it's, you know, it's just like, he immediately like knows how to make me feel like safe and comforted and loved which also quick aside shout out to mom because we did talk like three or four times this evening and like each it's like we we had a really short conversation and then she called again and we had a slightly longer conversation and then she called again and was like so how are you feeling like do you want to pray and that just like meant the whole entire world to me um and I was really anxious because I only have three like super, super close friends like that live in like near me that I consider like very, very close, like people that I would ask to take time out of their day to like come sit with me and do this. And so I was like going back and forth trying to figure out like how to make it work of like who can take off work, who lives closest to me, who lives closest to the hospital, um, who is gonna make me feel better 
Like, who's going to help calm me down before this procedure to drive me there? Who's going to help? Um, like, who's going to be the best support to be the first person I see when, like, after the procedure? My mom does not, like, sit still well. Like, she really needs to be, like, busy and doing something. And I feel like hospitals are, like, notoriously behind and everything takes forever. So I'm also, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't want her to, like, sit in the room and be anxious of like needing to be working or like needing to take a work call or whatever, because that's going to make me anxious. And like, I just don't want to be anxious. Like I want to like be calm and like rested and like not totally freaking out. But I also was trying to like not interrupt her day because I think it's very different for like a friend of mine that's going to come and like sit and like hang out with me for the day versus like my mom having house showings and needing to like pause and do it. So I really was trying to avoid her like needing to do this like at all costs. Um, But you know, she's gonna, um, she's gonna sit with me. And after she and I talked about it, I really felt like so like a million times better about it and I had been like going back and forth for like days with all of the well I mean two days with all these friends like trying to figure stuff out and I told my mom that and she probably was sad because she's like she's like wow you literally were like like anyone but my mom like any anyone else um and it was funny because as like all my friends had to work and like couldn't get off work this was very short notice like it was scheduled literally 48 hours ago and I'm used to like whenever I need like some type of outpatient procedure, it's usually like a month out or like more that it takes to schedule. Um, so I was thinking like, you know, God probably wants one of my parents with me for this. And like, that's why it's like so difficult that I'm like asking this friend and it doesn't work out. And then asking this friend and it doesn't work out because I knew that if I had started with my parents, they would have absolutely like been like, of course, we're going to take you. Like, why would we not? We're family. But I really was thinking that if I had like a friend with me, like I would be more comfortable. But I now am seeing it as like an opportunity for my mom and I to like spend some intentional time together and like for her to like emotionally support me through something and for me to allow her to do that and trust her to do that and not like assume that she can't and like not say no for her like I feel like that's something that I was worried about asking my friends like if they could take off work to do this because I was like you know I was sending the text that was like hey could you like if you can't no big deal um and I was like but I was trying to erase the second half because like I don't want to say no for them like I want to ask but I did say no for my parents by not asking initially. It definitely has been like a, an interesting experience in like what makes you feel supported. And my heart just really goes out to anybody out there that is not feeling supported and doesn't have people around them that like make them feel seen and heard and known because the world is such a scary place without that oh my gosh it's already been like 15 minutes so oh cool I was so worried that I had nothing to say today 
and I was going to have to do another story behind the song, which I, I enjoy doing the story behind the songs. So it's not that I'm against doing it. I just know that, um, most of my listeners don't care for them. So I don't want to do one every week or even every other week. And also I don't have that many songs recorded. So I was like, I'm worried that I'm going to run out of them before the end of the year. And then I won't have that trick in my bag for, um, the days that I need to do something quick. And also I know I kept talking about like the EP when I was obsessed with that guy earlier this year. And I kept saying like, there's one song on the EP that you will never hear. It's because it has a lyric that I think people will judge me if they hear, but then Taylor Swift just released a new song with the 1989 Taylor's version. And on one of the vault songs, she has a lyric that says, I dream about jumping off of very tall somethings just to see if you'll come running and say the one thing I've been wanting, but no. And it's my favorite lyric she's ever written. And it's so close (laughs) to what I wrote in this song that I don't want anyone to hear. Um, and that just makes me laugh because I haven't seen anyone online being like, Taylor Swift's crazy. Like she said, she's going to hurt herself. Oh no. Cause that's not, you know, that's not what she's saying. It's like, yeah, I think about putting myself in danger just to see if you care, because that's an irrational thought that many of us have when we are in love. And I'm not going to lie and say that when I found out what my doctor is looking for, I, my immediate thought was like, which of the men that I have been in love with in my life that didn't love me back, how can I slip this information into their lap to see if they will call and be concerned about me? <laughs> like I, which I know is absurd, but okay. I digress like way off topic here. Well, I didn't even have a topic today, so I don't know. I wonder what I'll call this episode. I'll figure it out when it's over on this thread of like finding your people and feeling seen and heard and supported. I recently had a conversation with one of my best friends and she was talking to me about a conversation she had with her boyfriend and they were talking about marriage and kind of like how his original position was kind of feeling like he doesn't really understand like the institution of marriage or doesn't agree with it or whatever. Um, And she was like, I want to get married. Like marriage is important to me and here's why. And she laid out all these reasons that like just made so much sense And while she was talking, I just had this like moment of clarity of like why marriage is not important to me. And I thought it was so interesting um, because she unfortunately lost both of her parents like really early in life. And so she doesn't have like immediate family around her. So she was talking about like the, the necessity of family from a perspective of like, if something happens to her, like she needs somebody like legally related to her to be able to make medical decisions and stuff like that. And I just like hearing her talk about this just like broke my heart and blew my mind because it's not something that I've ever considered. Like I definitely would say my parents are like visibly aging before my eyes, but I don't think they're like close to the end of their life. And I definitely like, I know that if I get in an accident on the way to wherever I go tomorrow, like my parents are still my emergency contacts because they live 20 minutes from me. And I know that like somebody will call them and they'll get to me. And like, I know that they will be there. And I do think that that has a lot to do with like, I don't feel like a 
need to be married or find a partner because I do still have both my parents. I have other family that like I visit on a regular basis that I'm very close to and I've got my sisters and I like it's just really really like Like, I know my mother would love to have a grandchild, but I am in no hurry to, like, start my own family because I feel like I'm still a child (laughs) and I still, like, I'm still a a baby, like, with a family. So I try to keep that kind of stuff in mind anytime my parents say something that I feel is absurd, but, like, it makes perfect sense to them. But it also kind of perpetuates my lack of desire to have a child because I'm sitting here, like... If I have a kid, they're going to grow up in a completely different world than me. And then I'm going to be saying things that I think make sense to try to help them. That's actually going to be harming them because they don't make sense. Um, And like my mom and I are talking and she had mentioned like how difficult it is for people our age to date. And I feel like I am not interested in dating, not because it's difficult, because I'm just not interested in dating. I don't like dating. Dating is not fun. I don't like meeting new people. The enjoyment for me in going out for a meal is spending time with somebody that I like. (laughs) I don't want to do it with a stranger and dating by definition, like you do it with strangers until you're like in a relationship, right? I don't feel like the problem is that millennials can't date and don't know how to talk to each other. I feel like the problem is the pressure that society has us putting on ourselves that tells us that we are behind or we're missing out on something. Like the fact that we are not getting married and having babies at the rate that our parents did, our parents are looking at this as like, we did something wrong in raising you or you're doing something wrong because in their day, like getting married and buying a house and having babies were signs of success. And since we're not doing that, it makes us look unsuccessful where I'm trying to pull, pull it back and say like, what if the problem isn't that we're not doing it? What if the problem is the expectation and the assumption that it should be done? Because if it wasn't weird to be 30 years old and not married and not looking for a husband and not having baby fever, I wouldn't feel behind. But I feel behind because it's weird. And like, if people ask me like, why I'm single, or if I want to get married, and I say I'm not really single by choice, but I guess I kind of am because I'm not on dating apps. But you know, I don't really care if I get married and I don't really care if I have a kid. People are like, oh, sweetie, it'll happen. And I'm like, I'm not sad. <laughs> like, I don't need that. But I know that a lot of people are sad because they want that and they don't have it. But it's also like, are you sad because you're single or are you sad because you live in a society that tells you that being single is wrong? that's really all I got today at this point I'm just stalling for time but you know what like I get really excited when I see that a podcast is like 15 minutes because I'm like I can totally get through that in one sitting so like I don't I'm not gonna ramble just to ramble um to keep you guys here because that's unnecessary I will do my absolute best to be more structured next time and have some kind of a some kind of a plan some kind of a flow if you guys would please email realhonestpod at gmail.com and let me know like what you would like to talk about what are the deep conversations that you're having with 
your friends and family? Like, how are you feeling about things? How are you feeling about the holidays coming up? Are you like excited about them? Do they make you anxious? What either way, like why, like is being around family? Is that something that you do? Do you like that? Do you not like that? If you don't live in America and you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, um, you still write in and share your thoughts with me. How are things going in your world? Um, I love to talk to you guys and I love to hear from you guys and I really appreciate you listening to my voice every single week. I'm really not sure why you do it, but I appreciate it. I feel like I watched something recently that I could recommend, but like it's not coming to memory and I didn't track it in my Letterboxd app. So maybe I made up the fact that I watched a movie recently. Did I dream that I saw a movie? Let's see. The, oh, the last movie that I watched is The Polar Express because I'm going to be performing on The Polar Express for six weeks. And I hate to say it, you guys, I did not like that movie. I like it. The Polar Express is, the whole thing is a panic attack. Like, it's just like watching this child make a bunch of bad decisions and yelling, no, don't, it's like a horror movie. You're, you're yelling like, no, don't do that. And then he does it, except it's a Christmas movie. So you're supposed to feel like lighthearted and happy, but like you don't. And also the animation is creepy. Like I'm so sorry to whoever animated that movie. I think it's beautiful and stunning any of the wide shots, but the close-ups on the children's faces, I don't know, like something about the eyes is it's creepy. It was hard to watch because I was like afraid. I was like scared the whole movie. It was like making me anxious. And also, like, I have to sing the hot chocolate song on the Polar Express. And when the dude who told me about the Polar Express first was like, oh, my gosh, you love Christmas. This is going to be so fun. Like, please join the cast. Um, he was like, you can sing the hot chocolate song with me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm down because I assumed that the hot chocolate song was going to be something cute. It's not cute. It's stupid. Um, so I honestly don't recommend the Polar Express. So this is the opposite of a <laughs> movie recommendation. I'm not a fan. I recommend Elf. Elf is the cheerful, happy Christmas movie that we should all watch every season. And for the people that are like, it's November 8th, we're not watching Christmas movies, you're doing it wrong, okay? It's not the rest of us. Christmas is a season. Thanksgiving is a day. It's a stupid day that no one needs to celebrate anyway. And Christmas season begins on November 1st. So, Merry Christmas. And see you next week. I'm not here to sugarcoat life's already a bumpy road. Too much shelter causes pain. Let's just be real honest. Things are gonna knock you down. Avoidance will not help you. Well, let's talk it through here, me and you. Let's keep it real honest.